Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 101. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. Today we're discussing Next Gen's sixth season episodes, Lessons, The Chase, and Frame of Mind. Here we go. Lessons, Season 6, Episode 19, Production Number 245, Original Air Date, April 5th, 1993, Directed by Robert Weimer, Written by Ron Wilkerson and Jean-Louis Mathias, Music Composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Wendy Hughes as Nella Darren and R. Cox as Marquez. Working in the middle of the night, Picard's curiosity is aroused when he finds many of the ship's computer functions have been turned offline. He goes to the source of the situation, the Stellar Sciences Department, and meets Lieutenant Commander Nella Darren, the section's new department head. Nella and her staff are attempting to construct a mathematical map of an emerging star system. Picard is intrigued by this lovely, intelligent woman, and his attraction seems to be mutual. And when I believed that you were dead, I just began to shut down. I didn't want to think or feel. I was here in my quarters. And the only thing I could focus on was my music and how it would never again give me any joy. Lessons. This is, this is interesting. So today's, uh, you know, Lessons, Chase, Frame of Mind, these are all, to me, these are all good episodes. Um, all three are episodes that I've always remembered really well. Um, and as listeners of our show will recall, um, I usually pick maybe one out of the three episodes to play for my spouse, and she has not... I mean, she's never, she'd never seen Next Gen, and she still hasn't gotten, she watched pretty much all of DS9, because she really got into the characters, but that just has not happened with Next Gen, so that I've really limited the amount she's watched. Anyway, uh, Lessons was the episode that I chose to play her today, because I just thought she would enjoy it more than the other two. And as we were watching it, as I sometimes do, I did turn to her, turn to her and say, Boy, Steve and Adam are going to hate this episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell me, gentlemen, was I right? <laughs> uh, well, actually, this is the episode I played Amanda as well, and um, because uh, for the same reason, I thought she would like it. But I, but I, I do like it. Be- I guess because I mean, I don't like, I don't, I, you know, I'm not a fan of silly, frivolous romance things, you know. But to me, this is what I like about this is that. Uh, Picard is, you know, I, I love the character of Picard, and you see this other side of him that you hardly ever get to see, you know, and it's kind of like he's getting he's getting a chance to um, to experience something that, as the captain, he rarely gets to experience, you know, and and it's 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 it's, it's interesting to me to see the interpersonal dynamics and so forth, and it also uh, being a musician, there's also that side of mm-hmm. the episode um, that I enjoy, plus the references to Inner Light, which is my favorite Next Gen episode, so all those things together make this a memorable episode I, I enjoy. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree with pretty much what Steve said. I, I enjoyed this episode. Um, first thing, I like the idea of the captain mulling around the ship in the middle of the night. I just don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm a late night person. I like that he's kind of wandering on the ship just bothering people. Um, but anyway, um, to, to move on Steve's point, I really enjoyed the music in this episode. It's very good the duets they do the scenes where you know she's helping him play with somebody and helping him share the music it's very in it you know 
that it that is enhanced the further on you go into the episode where he explains yeah. to her what his music means to him. That's the kind of stuff I think is easy to write on paper, but to really do it well, it, it's it's pretty great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's Patrick Stewart. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a fabulous actor, so I'm sure he enjoyed playing. You know, you you really got to see a deep emotional connection with Picard that you you normally don't get to see um, too often, and um, the enhance you know. The inner light, you know, wasn't too long ago that we watched, and they were able. It, this was really nice to, to be able to kind of enhance on this, and you could kind of see the kind of impact that that episode really did have on him. And that scene where he's explaining it to her was—I mean, to me, it was the best scene in the episode, but because of his emotion, and he, you could feel how much that experience m- meant to him. Yeah, a rare, uh, a rare event when Next Gen so flat out references another episode storyline. Um, well, I think a lot of what helps here is is the actress is very good. By the way, I looked it up. She sadly uh, passed away. The actress that played Darren, she passed away earlier this year from uh, cancer, still in her early 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very good. Obviously, Stuart's fantastic. But their chemistry is really good and genuine. You know, mm-hmm. it's so clear. Um, well, you know. They hit it off a little bit. There's some little bit of flirting or something almost going on mm-hmm. when they first meet up in Sailor Cartography. But, you know, then we have the scene where Picard's talking to Crusher. I think that was over breakfast, right? Um, and it's clear that maybe he was taken with her. And then he sees her, like, playing the piano and, and you know, he's done. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, it, it, it vaguely reminded me of that, what was that, that last Sherlock Holmes, the... the uh, Ship in a bottle? Yeah, ship in a mm-hmm. bottle. You know, ma'am, I can see that you're a, a woman of breeding. It's, 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 remember that? It's the way that he can kind of, if, if it's just the right woman, and there's, a very, there's very few of them, but yes, it can click, and he is, he is more, more than a captain. You know, he's a human being. Um, but more than anything, you know, this episode ends up dealing with that that uh, frequent theme in Star Trek of, of you know, the, the, lo- the loneliness of command. And it made me think, of course, about, um, well, if anything, my spouse felt was kind of upset. Because I don't, I don't think that's fair, you know, that the captain can't really have a relationship or anything. You know, well, you know, look how Kirk dealt with it. He did not have a relationship, really. Uh, but he, <laughs> you know, uh, every single episode, you know, he would sleep with a different woman. Um, that's not Picard's style. Um, but it does, yeah, like you were saying, it, it, it gives you a brief insight into into his character in a way that we so rarely get. You know, a lot of, there, there are a lot more references to the inner light in this episode than just those surface level ones, because that's another example of something that we like so much about the inner light. You know, was it gave the character this opportunity to do things and experience things that shed light onto him as a character, uh, things that he would normally never ever do. You know, mm-hmm. and in a way, this episode is interesting because it's almost it's almost like doomed because you just know this is next gen. This is not going to work out. Um, even in DS Nine, they very carefully set that up, and I I do remember <laughs> Mr. Caesar how much you disliked. Uh, Cassidy Yates as a character. Um, but she certainly was not uh, somebody under his command in any way. 
Um, well, yeah, we got a little taste of that with Vosh. That was, you know, I was counting. I was counting up all of Picard's relationships and see if I'm right. So, we have Vosh. We have Lieutenant Commander Darwin. Um, there's a movie relationship, and then Crusher. So maybe four Crushers at Iffy one. So is that it? Or am I missing anything? Yeah, I mean, he never really does anything with Crusher. Yeah. It's always hinted at, though, I mean, throughout the series. Yeah, well, there's that seven-season episode, Joined, or whatever it's called. Is that what it's called? I forget. Um, oh, yeah. You know, when they got yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, I always remember liking that episode, but well, I guess we'll know soon if it holds up, because I haven't watched it in years. Um, but that's the closest we ever got between them, really. Um, so, yeah, more than anything, it's 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 that chemistry. You know, and I love... I love too that you know what's the first thing Picard does he 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 goes and speaks to Troy after he does a really crappy thing to Darren on the elevator just cuz you know he's not used to this situation mm-hmm. um and he's you know he's not perfect he's he made a mistake there uh but he he goes and he talks to Troy um not exactly about that specific incident on the triple lift uh but in more general way because she's kind of his friend. She's not just his counselor. Right. You know, so this is, I like that sense. And I, I love that, um, you know, Riker just comes to him and says, she's making some requests. It's making me feel uncomfortable because of your relationship. You know, um, there's something uh, simple about that, but that's the kind of thing that people just don't do. You know, things just get weird normally, but here they don't get weird. Yeah. Well, they they talk about them, which is weird. People usually just kind of hold them in and don't talk about it. Yeah, and even their resolution to the issue, you know, they just they kind of recognize um, at the end of the episode. You know, Picard recognizes that he cannot be her captain. Yeah, he can't do it. Um, and actually, for me, probably the, my favorite scene in the episode is a scene that I don't think has any dialogue, and Picard's the only one in it. I love the the brief sequence whenever he thinks she's dead, oh, and he yeah. goes and he just he sits mm-hmm. in her quarters and kind of you know as he says, "I shut down." I love that moment because mm-hmm. um, there's something we do not. We, I mean, we never ever see Picard that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. you know. And he knows it's coming. You know, he 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 doesn't shut down in sick bay. He goes back to his quarters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Um, you know, well, so in light season five, this is season six, so it's pretty big mm-hmm. kind of uh, time between that episode and this episode. But I guess it says something to at this point that the the writing staff would have seen the re, the reception for the inner light. You know, mm-hmm. um, do you guys remember this episode? You know what I mean? Was this episode up there with these other, with the other two that we're talking about today? which were so memorable. I think, to me, they're all pretty much equally memorable. I mean, they're all very different, but, I mean, either I was, you know, at a certain place and how much attention I was paying to the series at the time, or um, they're just, you know, they're all just quality, at least better than average for the season, and so they're all memorable to me. Um, I gotta say, I'm, I, I've, I've never, I never gave this episode a whole lot of thought and maybe that's because, you know, you didn't, I didn't see Inner Light and this episode so close together. Um, I liked it more, I think. This is one of the episodes that I liked more this time around than probably in the past. 
just yeah. kind of see the finer details of it. You know, I'm talking about the show and doing this. It makes you think a little bit more about certain episodes. And I think um, what we do here has kind of helped enhance this episode for me. It was funny. I didn't tell you the whole story. Whenever I turned to um, my wife and, and said that, <laughs> she said, <laughs> when I said, you know, uh, Steve and Adam are going to hate this one, um, she said, no, they're older. Steve's married. They'll they'll like it more. <laughs> What's this episode about? Um, relationships. Yeah, I think I think it, yeah, I think it's the complexities of relationship. You know, work life balance, and uh, you know, we we don't all experience this kind of thing. Not everyone does, but you know, work life balance is an issue that's been you know prevalent in our in our society for some time and we add the extra dimension of the notion of you know how do you prioritize you know your responsibilities i mean when you get emotions involved you know and loved ones involved is it even possible to be objective in any sort of way you know and where do you draw the line with that so i mean to me that's the stuff that i was talking about um to me you know it, it this episode is it also helps grow or move Picard's character mm-hmm. forward. We get to see him kind of learn to be vulnerable in somebody with his music. You know, I don't think he would ever be vulnerable in other aspects of his life, but his music gives him a chance to kind of pull that guard down and, and, you know, not be the captain, but just just like a normal, everyday person. So it was um, it was nice to see. And um, I think it helps. It, it helped um, Picard. What is it? There's a scene where he, you know, he pokes Riker in the belly <laughs> that never that never would have happened in the first three or four seasons. So um, you get to see the evolution of Picard yeah, his, a lot in this episode. Goofy invite to fence or something. You know? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that scene. The fencing scene. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um. All right. Well, I guess we've covered this one. I, I, by the way, the last thing I want to say. I do want to say one more thing. I do really like that sequence. What are they in the, in the Jeffrey Subers and just like the perfect acoustical spot for them to mm-hmm. practice or whatever? That's just a fun little idea that somebody, you know, somebody had to mm-hmm. <laughs> write that. This says something about her character too. It's very interesting. Um, fun. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right. so if this episode was remade today, would she have an an iPad for her piano? Well, you know what? It did occur to me, like when she rolls that thing out. I mean, that was like nutty sci-fi future tech but you can get stuff like that <laughs> oh, now yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally get something like that now i don't think it would play that well because i'd want some feedback from the keys but yeah yeah you know you can totally buy that today you know um all right let's move on to six degrees for lessons um adam yes uh picard's flute is played with zeal by the Reskin flute what was Picard's name when he learned to play it? What was his character's name in the inner light? Galen? No. Steve? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Man, it's just... Cayman? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Steve Darren is the head of Stellar Cartography. <laughs> I always remember, remember that DS9 episode where I think the, I think the actress got the read wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. 
she got the line reading wrong. She says, my husband was a stellar cartographer. <laughs> Always makes me laugh. Anyway, uh, Darren is the head of stellar cartography. Which Trek film portrays stellar cartography as a much more detailed environment? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. As uh, in Generations. Er, that's correct. 2-0, moving on. The Chase, Season 6, Episode 20, Production Number 246, Original Air Date, April 26, 1993, Directed by Jonathan Frakes, Story by Joe Minoski and Ronald D. Moore, Teleplay by Joe Minoski, Music Composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast includes Salome Jens as Ancient Humanoid, John Cothran Jr. as New Doc, Maurice Roves as Romulan Captain, Linda Thorson as Osette, and Norman Lloyd as Professor Galen. <laughs> Card is surprised when Professor Richard Galen, his old archaeology professor, whom he hasn't seen in 30 years, pays a visit to the Enterprise and asks Picard to accompany him on a year-long mission of profound discovery. The offer is tempting to Picard, who once intended to make archaeology his life's work, but he chooses the Enterprise instead, prompting the professor to angrily leave the starship. Soon afterward, the Enterprise receives a distress call. Galen's ship is under attack by the Yardidians. It's four billion years old, a computer program from a highly advanced civilization. And it's hidden in the very fabric of life itself. Whatever information this program contains could be the most profound discovery of our time. Or the most dangerous. Steve, kick us off in the chase. Um, well, I, I always remember this one, as I mentioned in the last episode, this is very memorable. I think, I think what's interesting is that, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I think what most appealed to me in the past was the, kind of from the uh, Trek canon perspective of, okay, now it explains why all these aliens look the same, and now more would, I mean, that's still interesting, but I think what more appeals to me now is the, um, the, the the symbolism of the uh, the Colonel Niskos artifact and how that ties in with you know the rest of the message in the episode how it ties in with Picard and his choice he has to make and then the re- revelation at the end all of it I think I think that's what's interesting to me in this episode primarily is how all that stuff connects Adam what were your uh, first thoughts here um, I remember this episode also as well. Um... I like this episode, um, but it falls flat for me like it did back in years past. And that's because, to me, this is a re- this episode has a really, really big idea. And um, I just don't think they were able to do it justice in a 45-minute episode. Um, it just The end kind of just kind of just falls flat for me. It's just they wrap it up really quick. And to me, this is like a pretty. This is, a, I mean, the way the professor explains it in the beginning of the episode. This is this will change the way we think about things moving forward. And we basically and, never hear about it again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they they have this huge setup, and this is a huge. And I think it's a really cool idea, and it's a really cool concept. It's just that um, I you couldn't fit a, uh, fit all of that into forty five minutes, and that's why I, I kind of feel, always feel flat when I when I watch this episode. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with this, uh, with you, because I think I've, I, I liked it more when I was younger, um, but I, I, I felt this way then, and I still, I feel that way now, and I guess to a more, to a greater extent. Um, it is such a big thing. It's, it's almost, it's one of those things where it's almost like I'm kind of, I'm surprised they even did it. It's, it feels more like maybe they um, underestimated it or undervalued 
They could have used this in a movie. That's how good of an idea it is. Yeah. Or at least a a two-parter, you know, um, know, by the time it's over, it does, it, 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 it feels very small when they're talking about something that should be really, really big. You know, you get to the end and how many species have you got standing there? Um, you got one Klingon, a couple of, uh, Cardassians, uh, a few Romulans, and then, you know, I felt like uh, the Klingon, he would he just goes, that's it? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, of course, Picard, Worf, and, 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 and Beverly. Um, and they're standing in, obviously, fake rock set, you know, Planet Hell. Um, it, it feels like that should, that alone should have been, you know, way more species. It should have been, um, maybe actually shoot that bit on location somewhere. I don't know. Um, Originally, I think at some point this this started out. This was one of those things that was a story idea for a long time that kept kind of morphing. And at one point, you know, I mean, its its origins were kind of a it's a mad 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 world send up, which is if you remember that movie, it was it was a comedy, but it was still an epic comedy. It was still like a three hour comedy, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, had a large cast of characters, that kind of thing. Um, and I so I think that. The idea for this episode is really cool, and the first half of it is pretty darn good. Uh, and then, and then it it just it it can't live up to those promises. It can't live up to Galen saying, uh, "This is going to change the f- fabric of the galaxy, and nothing will ever be the same." And no, it's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. And that 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 hurts it. It takes away from it. It makes it feel, I don't know, cheap. Hmm. But I remember really liking this episode. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it doesn't ago. mean to say, yeah, it doesn't mean to say that I, I don't like. And I think you like the episode too, Brian. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't like the episode. I think there's, like you said, I'm the first half to 45 minutes or 45, 30, 40 minutes of the episode are really pretty good, intriguing. You got a nice kind of mystery scavenger hunt thing going on. Um, the scenes with. Picard and, and Troy in and, and his ready room where, you know, everybody's like, oh, come on, just forget about this and let's go to the conference where, you know, he, he wants to find out why his friend died. So, um, and That's actually one thing I, I liked about it more than I ever remember liking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's crazy when you think about it, considering the, the size of the ship, the number of personnel, the number of years that must have just went, gone into the creation and building of this ship and and structure of the federation blah 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 it's amazing given all of this how much incredible discretion a captain has mm-hmm. <laughs> to decide the the mission for these thousand people mm-hmm. nope i want to know what happened so mm-hmm. of course you know i i like that kind of almost spur of the moment mission feeling here i like that you know it is there's a little bit of that feeling of the chase how he's constantly you know, maximum warp, go. Maximum warp, go. You know, they even have a line at the end that makes makes you look back in the episode. It says something about we have to take it easy a little bit because we've had such frequent use of, you know, high warp in the mm-hmm. last couple of days. I mean, that kind of stuff's cool. Um, um, I think it's one of the few times you'll see Picard kind of use his gravitas because, you know, he's the captain of the Enterprise. The, you know, it's the flagship of the Federation in this perceived time frame. And, you know, he's quite the accomplished captain he's got a reputation this time so i think at this point in time he was like i'm gonna use my my 
my Bacardism to to go to go see what this mission's all up, see what happened here. So it's kind of mm-hmm. how I took it. I wonder if this would have fared better over two episodes. You really could have pulled on the mystery. Another thing that holds the episode back for me in a way now that I, it didn't used to um, is, uh, you know, Galen's coming and trying to enlist him and talking about three months, maybe a year. And Picard does this sucker in 24 hours or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why wouldn't Galen have just said, well, here's the situation. Can you help me out? If Picard has the clout and, and he can do whatever he wants with his ship for a little bit, you know why not just tell? Why not just enlist? Like really enlist Picard? You know. Yeah, no. Well, he even <laughs> says it there. If I, if, he even says it there. If I had a starship, we could get this done in a couple of weeks. Uh, dude, we're on a starship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I could envision that. Like, if it was spread over two, you could have the first one concentrating more on, on their relationship, uh, and well, they begin a lot, spend a lot more time with the mystery. Yes, and then and then you have the able to budget that out over two and then mm-hmm. you could do more like you were talking about you know maybe shoot on location maybe have guest actors from various species we've seen before to make it weightier and all these kinds of things you know you know give a little bit more depth to this original species too who they are what they are you know and the longer you know you draw out that mystery a little bit and make it mm-hmm. make it not seem so easy and it makes a little more sense that Galen was talking about three months or a year or whatever I don't know mm-hmm. Um. So I I still I still like this episode. Um. Yeah. Um. But these 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 hindsight comments and are, we're making are valid. And, and as we've said, that's part of our show here too. Is hey, the last episode we just talked about, we all kind of it sounds like we all like it a little bit more. We like lessons a little more than we used to. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's something about uh, the human condition and Picard's character that, that was examined in a way. That with our own um, life experiences and wisdom from our aging years, uh, allowed us to interpret it in a new way um, and appreciate it even more. And it's not like they changed the episode, you know. So that stuff was already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and here, the chase. I remember liking it more whenever I was able to just enjoy the chasing the chase aspect to it but now i'm i'm kind of i'm looking for more out of it and I'm, and it's missing the mark a little bit especially in the last half well, it's funny you know it's funny usually when the three of us don't like an episode it's just probably because it's a bad episode it's one of the few times where we we're just like, oh, there was so much more they could have done with this episode. Yeah, it's yeah, such a cool idea that I wish it had lived up to the cool idea a little more. Yeah. And usually it's just an idea that just didn't formulate into anything and a little bit this is is as we go the episodes get or you know in the fifth and sixth season there's so many good ones that it's mm-hmm. you know same thing yeah. dropped in the second season we'd have been like praising this thing yeah, the best sure, thing sure, ever yeah. and you know yeah the chase in, in seasons one or two would have been the best se- episode oh, yeah. of the season no <laughs> doubt hmm. well justice or whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, we should kind of move into what it's about. I don't, I don't know that it's, well, I mean, Steve, you talked about even that, what was the name of the statue thing? Oh, the Colonel Niskos. Niskos, whatever. Yeah, you I know. only remember that because it was a big card in the card game. You know, we talked ah. about this. Yeah, it was like a really powerful card. Of course, everybody always, everybody always jokes about 
he's see, there's an entire scene where he's so fascinated with that thing, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Artifact. And then you remember in, in Generations when he's yeah, he had, chunks it aside. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's yeah. picking up some. He picks it, just throws it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That movie. Um, so you know, hey, forget about that. But <laughs> gotta get my book. Yeah. Maybe they cremated Galen and put his ashes in there. You know. <laughs> 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 Who cares? Uh, what was I saying? Oh, uh, but yeah, there is, there is, uh, as far as what is this, the, what is this episode about? Uh, there is a lot to that Nesco's or whatever. And, you know, this idea of, of unity, uh, despite our diversity and how we're all interconnected and, and how, well, like, I, I actually really like that speech that, um, the uh, you know ancient alien gives um, and says uh, about their you know what's the, there's something of each of you in each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's very interesting and and I I'm I really like that we at least get those couple of lines from the Romulan captain. When, yeah. You know when Picard says unfortunately that message came on deaf ears and then the, the Romulan captain contacts him and does have a couple of lines. Ultimately it's meaningless. As we said, we've never, we never reference this episode again. We don't exactly see the Romulans reach out their hands uh, in uh, friendship. But I'm glad that that scene is there uh, yeah. because without it it really, this episode really would have felt um, hollow. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, I, I really like that ancient alien speech at the tail there. Uh, so what do you guys got for what it's about? Well, kind of like what I was indicating. I think it does, it's um, that what we've said. The uh, you know we're we're made up of a lot of different ideas and thoughts, like like the statue, like that artifact. We're a lot of different different things inside of each of us, and in turn, you know, in a community. And in this episode, it implies the whole galaxy is a community. Essentially, um, we have we have our commonalities, and um, you know, part of this greater whole. This kind of idea, and certainly. It's no stretch at all to to compare, you know, modern human civilization on Earth. Like, not in Star Trek, I mean us here in yes. 2014. Uh, and the way, you know, the way, you know, when you see different cultures reacting the same way that these guys did, that's it? <laughs> I, would, I, would, I never have anything in common with you that's disgusting or whatever. Yeah. You know, it, it is one of those things where, like, you know, an, an alien looking at us and the, the wars we fight and the... The racial divide, etc. It would it would just be comical if it weren't you know involving uh, dead people and yeah. <laughs> you know, murder and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, to to emphasize on that, you know, we get to see more facets of Picard. I mean, you know, this episode does kind of move his character a little bit more forward. I mean, we've known about his fascination with history and archaeology. Um, from previous seasons, but you know, you kind of get to see where that all became began you know with mm-hmm. this surrogate father figure um it's unfortunate we didn't get to see more of that relationship uh, i thought the two actors were, were pretty good together they i don't think they needed to quite make it as make the 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 professor the the archaeologist professor so adversarial but i mean that's the way they had to do everything quickly i would just like to see more with that and um, you know you get to see a little bit more of inner facets of jean-luc picard which is good 
So, so a good episode with a great idea, with a, with a great premise. A good episode with a great premise. Maybe not a great episode with a great premise, but, you know. All right, let's move on to... Six Degrees for the Chase. Uh, Steve has two? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Adam, do you want to go first or second? Um, I'll go first. Salome Jens plays the unnamed ancient humanoid that has a pre-recorded message for Picard and his associates. Of course, she will later play the recurring female changeling on DS9, starting at the beginning of which season of DS9? Season three? You are correct. Steve, John Cothran Jr. plays the Klingon captain that assists Picard and crew by destroying all life on a planet. He also played a Klingon in DS9's second season. In DS9's first trip to the Mirror Universe. Name the episode. Mm. There are a lot of those. Um, I probably would not ask for the name of the other ones, but this one uh, is clear once you're here, at least, I suppose. Right, right. Um, like... Through the glass darkly, or something like that. No, Mr. Caesar. Uh, mirror universe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> crossover. 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 Okay. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Steve has two. Adam has one. Moving on. Frame of Mind, Season 6, Episode 21, Production Number 247. Original air date, May 3rd, 1993. Directed by James L. Conway, written by Brandon Braga. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include David Selberg as Cyrus, Andrew Prine as Suna, Gary Wernz as Mavek, and Susanna Thompson as Jaya. Riker is put in charge of an undercover mission to Talonis, a planet that has descended into anarchy. At the same time, Riker is performing in a Dr. Crusher play that causes him to explore his darker side. Riker soon begins experiencing an unusual sensation that people are staring at him. Troy tells him this may be because of his role and not to worry. When he performs the play, though, Riker is shocked when the set suddenly becomes an actual asylum cell the audience disappears, leaving Riker in a real mental ward. I remember that now. But I, I thought it was a Klingon who had cut me with a knife. I... That's called transposition. You're projecting elements from your delusions onto events that really happened. But that's good. There was a time when you couldn't break away from your starship fantasy at all. Frame of mind. Adam, why don't you kick us off on frame of mind? Um, frame of mind. Very suspenseful and kind of eerie episode. It's, um dark um i like that we've that um riker i like that i like it's a, that it's an ep- riker episode i was kind of thinking about it i mean as great as season six is um riker um riker's kind of had to play <laughs> he hasn't had the, the best parts in the season thus far and so i like this episode i thought it was a strong performance by um by jonathan franks um it's got intrigue and mystery and it's kind of creepy at the same time yeah, you know, we've said many times, I, at least I know I have, about Frakes is so, you know, underestimated as an actor. They don't give him a lot to do. I mean, what they give him is usually the same stuff, and I think he's fantastic. And this is a perfect example of something that, you know, it's obviously right up Braga's alley for writing. The, the, 
performance is the perfect kind of thing to show off uh, Frake's abilities as Riker. Um, I'm not sure if it's if it holds up quite as well, but it mostly holds up. I mean, I remember, put it this way, I remember this episode really blowing me away. I think out of a narrative, from a narrative perspective, it really blew me away at the time. Um, it's, it doesn't blow me away quite as much, and I think that has more to do with the kinds of things that we've seen television do since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this was really unique for its day, it felt like, you know? Um, and it also, it's fun because it's the kind of thing that you know, you can't do on most shows, right? Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. something you get to do on um, a sci-fi show. Actually, uh, it reminds me, I should say it the other way around, but, you know, I, I really got into all the uh, the Stargate shows. I know they're very different from, from Trek, but I, so I enjoyed them for very different reasons, but I got into them. And there was an episode of Atlantis where, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember the... <laughs> I can't remember the woman's name that ran Atlantis for the first few years. Uh, but there's an episode where she woke up in an insane asylum, basically. Uh, that was one of my favorite episodes of that show, even though most of the time I didn't like that character. Um, but I probably actually maybe like that episode of Atlantis slightly more than Frame of Mind. But since Frame of Mind was first, you know, it, it was very obvious, put it this way. It was very obvious that, um, that, frame of, that they had been influenced by Frame of Mind on Atlantis, you know. Um, and when nobody's done this stuff before, hey, you get a lot of credit here. So yeah, there's a lot of really, really cool things going on in this episode. Adam, you mentioned that it's dark. It's interesting to me that it's it's almost it's it's also literally dark. You know, a lot of this episode is the 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 this the scene is darker. It's not lit like we're used to seeing next gen. Obviously, the play they can get away with that. But even in the asylum in his cell, um, their common area, all those those drab grays you know um so it's not just the color but not not just the lighting but the color as well um it's also a bit of a tour de force from a directing and editing standpoint there 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 are a couple of moments when i'm watching it that i'm like now is this is this supposed to be really real or not you know and by the mm-hmm. end of it like for example the the scene when crusher kind of comes in you get the feeling you know when she comes into the common area just do you know you're who you are? Do you know what's going on? That's one of the first scenes you're like, okay, th- I think this is actually a real thing. Right. But even even that by the end you realize, wait a minute, <laughs> no, it wasn't either. You know. Now they don't do a very good job of explaining, and then it's okay. They don't really have to, but like, are any of these things create actually being created by these aliens, or are they more like just pumping him full of? drugs and whatever and then he's kind of coming up with all of this on his own based on the on the on the experience of his past few days or something in that play you know makes you wonder what if he'd had like you know what if the couple of the last couple of days before he went on this mission if he'd spent all day um in the holodeck looking at rainbows and unicorns <laughs> what 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 this episode would have been like i don't know um but so, so there, there are a couple of moments where maybe it, I get a little bit lost in the how of it all, but you know that's that's, that's okay. It it feels it feels pretty consistent from uh, beginning to end, and even like I do I do remember. Uh, funny enough, the thing I think I remember the best from seeing this when it first aired 
was that effect of when he smashes the like the glass the mm-hmm. last time and everything just shatters. Um, you know, that's you could do that at home on your yeah. computer with After Effects now, but at the time that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I remember that really well. How well? How do you guys think this? How do you guys think this episode holds up in lights of modern television? Um, since that's something that was kind of I was thinking a lot about while I was watching it. Um, I, I think you could I think you could repeat this episode in in a modern way. I mean, I think the story is still there. I mean, obviously you could tell the story differently, but I think the story you could still tell in today's television world. Um, you know, <laughs> with all that you were just talking about all the different layers. You know, like what's real and what's not real. I mean, it's almost it's almost Inception like. With the different mm. layers of, mm-hmm. you know, you're not sure what's going on. Um, just kind of in the reverse. You kind of, in, in this episode, you kind of start at the very bottom and you kind of work your way all the way up to what is reality. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the storyline could be told today. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, there are probably minor modifications, but I, I, it doesn't strike me as particularly dated. I mean, relatively speaking, you know, I mean, certain things, sure, but on the whole, I think it's, you know, relatively contemporary it feels like it to me did it seem ahead of its time at the time when it first aired i remember thinking it's kind of trippy you know which i guess is kind of usually translates to ahead of its time you know either either it becomes something that's kind of trippy you know either later becomes just a joke or it becomes something Mm -hmm. that's like huh you know that's pretty interesting you know um i found i remember thinking it was unusual for starter because it's it's like a psychological thriller episode I mean, you know, we have our mystery episodes, we have our actions, action episodes. And this one's kind of, this one's psychological mystery, you know, thriller, you know. And then there's the hints that he killed somebody, and you're like, did Riker really kill somebody? You know, and he, they, Frank's in the writing, they did a very good job making him, I mean, you believe that Riker is, doesn't know where he's at or what he's doing, you know, especially, you know, the scenes where Worf and Data are coming to rescue him, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that he's not putting on an act. You really believe that he's in this delusional world. And you know, one of the things that, that really helped sell that to me, one of the things they did that was very unique, uh, when he's first, I think it might be the first time that he's um, in the hospital world, and the doctor says something like, do you know how you got that cut on your head? Because uh, oh yeah, I remember now. I I did. I do remember that hitting my head on the door when I tried to escape or something. Yeah. And do you remember that we contacted? Oh yeah, we contacted Starfleet, and they'd never heard of anybody like me. I remember that. You know, he has these lines about, even though that's the first time we've seen him actually in that hospital world. He has these lines um, that kind of indicate. Uh, there goes my computer again. Uh, he has these lines that that, you know, as opposed to. I don't know what you're talking about. My name is William Riker. I, you know, right. that's not what it is, and that's a little bit more of what I think we would we would see nowadays in that kind of mm-hmm. in this kind of scene. So I like that moment, even though obviously we we watch Star Trek: The Next Generation, the television show, and we know that William Riker is really William Riker. Um, but still, that's it, you can't you can't make me after six years. You can't make me question whether or not he's the XO of the Enterprise, but you can set this scene up give him lines like that that make me believe that he is questioning it. Mm-hmm. and that's that's mm-hmm. very interesting and that's yeah. totally doable and i think it's it's those lines that more than anything else really sell it you know when he has all the bits about you know 
I am not insane. I am not insane. You know, questioning his his sanity. Uh, it's it's moments like that 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 sell it. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that we got two episodes from Picard and Riker now, where they're psychologically being tortured. Um, you know, obviously Picard earlier in the season was a much different um, form of um, extraction. Um, you know, where where the Cardassian that he was it was more of a an ego game for him where this where these creatures were actually i mean there's to me they did a better job at it because they you know, there wasn't any ego involved they weren't trying to break Riker. they were trying to actually extract information out of him and they they completely messed with him mm-hmm. in a different well, way than what we saw with um with picard yeah so you're talking you know chain of commands what you're talking yeah. about and here we have frame of mind wasn't man of the people i know we had a lot of bad things to say about that episode but wasn't that that episode this season too um, this season, cool. but uh, this season, I don't remember it being like the darkest season, but it must be the darkest season of next gen. There's some really mm-hmm. dark stuff mm-hmm. in here. Like this frame of mind is dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is dark. This is as dark, almost as dark as they get. If it weren't for chain of command, it would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the chain of command, it's chain of command to me. It's not the ones more darker than the, they're just dark in a different ways. I mean, chain of command is like, you know, it's more adversarial, you know, you have two opposing forces going at each other where this one is just like, you don't know where it's coming from. So the, the, I don't, yeah, I don't, neither, it's neither is more or less than the other. They're just there. You just come at it from a different angle. So what's it about? This <laughs> I I thought about it. It's kind of hard to think about because there's a lot going on in this episode. You can, to me, you can say, you know, it's about reality. Honestly, what is reality, and how do you how do you come to that reality? It's, it's, it was it was hard for me to think about and come, say into words. Yeah, I think in a way, at least it seems that the mind is so is a fragile thing from this episode. You know, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, yeah, it's not that no, we can't like minimize the trauma he's under or whatever. And obviously, there are many people who face a lot of trauma that can bring on hallucinations and delusions and so on. But but Riker's about as strong a guy as yeah, you can get. Yeah, and so it 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 makes you it kind of it kind of messes with you, right? It makes you think, you know, someone you know someone puts me in a weird environment or does something to me. You know, I could question my entire reality what's you know is my dreams real what's not whatever you know especially if you turn around and you're in a completely different environment and it's just Mm -hmm. you know the way the episode is is based it's as real to him as any other everyday circumstance so i mean Mm -hmm. yeah that would i'd you know if you think about putting yourself (laughs) in his shoes it's like yeah i'd probably freak out too if that kept happening moment in this is is that climax there with near the end when he's you know, shattering the realities, and it, it go, it's like what three in a row or, or something. You know, like he 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 fires, he shoots the uh, phaser at himself, and now he's in this different environment. And then he shoots the face of the other guy, and he shoot in the back. And then we see uh, the play is going on, and then he breaks the play. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. like each level of the reality. And there is a point there where you're like something here's got to be real, damn it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know where, where the hell are we? You know? And then we see him on the bed. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I think that's getting in there is, is for what it's about. And I, that, that sense of the truth is we define our reality and, you know, somebody messes with it, whatever, they're actually messing with our perception yeah. of, of, of reality. 
um, because the way we perceive things is is 100% how we define it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so it's so crazy sometimes. I, this is going off on a tangent, but so I do think about it sometimes. Like, um, we're just these these vessels, and it, you know, our only link with the outside world are our, our eyes. We have our ears. You know, these mm-hmm. these senses. But you turn these things off. Yeah, we're just. We're just boxes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, moving around in this this reality that we cannot define because we don't have a connection to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the same way that you can redefine it by altering that perception. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a it's a good episode, and I and I remember, you know, as I. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners, if you're sick of hearing me talk about this, but so it's interesting to me how every time that I, you know, I'm picking. One, you know, an episode to play for my spouse, and I'm always trying to find to balance it between, you know, yeah, I want something that she'll like, but I want something that, like, okay, what defines next gen more than anything? Mm-hmm. You know, frame of the three episodes we talked about today, frame of mind is the one that I remember as the most critically well received. Like people, it's one of the, it's one of the few episodes where you still you hear even more average Trek fans refer to the title of this episode. Mm. You know, in the way that. How many episode titles does you know a more average Trek fan? Everybody knows all good things or far you know far point whatever. But it seems like Frame of Mind is in that list. You know, Inner Light. Frame of Mind is one of those titles that people just know. Lessons is not. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was I was I was actually really um, I had a hard time picking Lessons of Frame of Mind to play for my spouse uh, because I feel like this is the most important episode of these three. Uh, not just as a as exemplary of a quality hour of next gen, um, but as an example of next gen from the early '90s that clearly was ahead of its time and influenced other episodes. Mm-hmm. And even if you thought this episode could be better or maybe doesn't hold up as well, um, that is worth a lot. That it that it holds that place in television history. You know that's that's very powerful and that's worth something. Um, but you know, then I chickened out and played her lessons anyway. <laughs> it's, better, it's a better date night with lessons. Well, I, you know why I did it because because she doesn't feel any connection to the characters, and this episode is not going to help that. No, not at all. Lessons did. Lessons did. All right, uh, moving on. So uh, sounds like we like Crime of Mine and think it holds up. All right. Six degrees for Frame of Mine. I believe Steve has two. Adam has one. Mm-hmm. Correct. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Susanna Thompson plays Riker's fellow hospital patient who devises an ingenious method of communicating to starships via spoon. In Voyager, <laughs> I gotta laugh. In Voyager, she was featured in several episodes when Alice Krieg was unavailable. What character did she play? Borg Queen. You are correct. Borg Queen. Adam. David Selberg played the good Dr. Cyrus, one of many aliens in Riker's hospital that apparently derived special medicinal powers from his forehead. (laughs) In Enterprise's second season, he played the captain of a Vulcan vessel studying Sputnik after its launch. This Vulcan ship crashes in a small town called Carbon Creek. In what year does this take place? Oh, what year? Yep. Um, okay, what I'm thinking the of... episode made. What year does the episode take place in Earth's history? Um, Sputnik. 1958? No. Steve? 
so I'm trying to recall this again. So you're saying it's connected with Sputnik and so on, and that's yeah. what... Okay. Adam was on the right track. He just gave me the wrong year. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, 59? Nope, 57. Oh, well. <laughs> you guys are very close. Very close. Uh, all right. Steve takes it for the day. A nice uh, batch of episodes today. It was yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. It's nice that not only is each one good, but each one's pretty different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a, a Picard relationship episode. I mean, those are a dime a dozen, of course, but, <laughs> but Riker goes nutty, and we got uh, the action uh, romp, the chase. The treasure hunt. Yeah. Not a lot, that, not a lot of times we see all those species in, in uh, one scene. Mm-hmm. So good, good day today. Um, I guess there's not a lot going on. <laughs> so we don't have anything else to talk about. But that's good. We're going to be back in two weeks to talk about the next three episodes of Next Gen. Boy, we are fast approaching the conclusion of season six. Criminy. Um, you can follow us on uh, Facebook. That's uh, Facebook.com/slash Trek Companion. Our Twitter handle is at Trek Companion. Adam has been sending out more tweets lately. Thank you, Adam. You're welcome. Uh, you can also send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Actually, if you like our show, the one really great thing you can do is uh, like us on iTunes. You know, you can click the little star rating, put a five-star rating. That'd be awesome. Even better, leave a little review. Uh, that's how people find us. So that's cool. Um, Anyway, uh, thanks for sending an hour with us, and until next time, take it easy. Bye. See you. I passed it.